What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. And everything is A-OK. The ponies are throwing a party to celebrate how everything is perfect when you have friends. Princess Twilight Sparkle can be found buried under a pile of books in the Golden Oak Library, trying to cram in a little last-minute studying before the grand soiree. It is then that a dark cloud thunders in the sky, Exhaustingly loud heavy metal music booms from the heavens, and the presence of the bounty hunter Lobo tears its way into this reality. Standing in the middle of Ponyville, Lobo bellows out, All you ponies and other bastiches need to point me towards your leader, or I'll murderate every last living creature on this planet. Twilight Sparkle, here's the challenge lowers her head with determination. Nobody threatens her friends on her watch. She rockets out the window and joins her enemy in the center of town, ready to be the hero Equestria needs. It's the princess of friendship versus the main man. It's the Equestrian versus the Zarnian. It's Twilight Sparkle versus Lobo. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Sicanus. You know, Who Would Win fans, we have a geek battle today. I'm not really sure what the words are that I should be saying. You know, it's a battle that only we, the Who Would Win show, would have the audacity, the gumption, the inner fortitude to present to you today. I hope those are the right words. In one corner... You've got Lobo, the main man from the DC Universe, possibly the best bounty hunter in all of comics versus someone I'm not sleeping on. A very powerful opponent, someone who is so powerful, they're incredible. It's Twilight from the My Little Pony franchise. Typically, this is where I would go to Google and do the patented Who Would Win Google test to see how many people have been talking about this. Uh, instead of typing in Lobo versus Twilight, I decided against it. I'm pretty sure if I did that, I'd be on yet another government list. No one needs that. So uh, with all that being said, Ray, what do you think about today's matchup? I could not be more excited for what we are doing here today. Look, we're taking a risk with this one. You got to gotta say we're being very courageous. We know our audience, <laughs> and I think it's time to introduce them to something that they maybe have never been around before gosh willing i know i hadn't but what the heck i'm up for a challenge i believe in this character and at the end of the day james friendship is magic that's 
you're saying friendship is are you a good friend race to canis well is, is i'm not magical saying? james if you have to ask <laughs> okay a little background here i told my daughter about today's matchup and she said great dad i hope you get twilight the win i'm like oh yeah no i'm i'm repping a, a lobo i'm in a no-win situation here if i get the win fantastic if i don't get the win you know for my daughter this is not good I, either way i'm kind of screwed you know what i don't care i'm going for lobo i'm gonna go hard i'm making lobo get the win i'm gonna be aggressive with this one i'm gonna be really aggressive despite fact that twilight actually scares the heck out of me she She is super powerful she's crazy powerful and i don't think enough people give her enough credit Oh, yeah. I'm not taking her lightly. Now, with that said, I've actually got a cool announcement of my own. You may have seen this on – yeah, you may have seen it on social media. My new series, Superhero Diaries, has its new season premiering today. Right now, if you go to YouTube and check out Superhero Diaries, the channel, you'll see the first episode. Kind of describe it as the real world from MTV meets superheroes with the Avengers and DC characters kind of crossing over and just having a really great time. It's a great comedy series, a parody of superheroes. And I can't believe I get to say this. We have the one, the only, Phil Lamar. Wow. You know, uh, insane. And he is reprising his role as Jon Stewart, my favorite Green Lantern. Absolutely incredible talent. Great human being. Super funny. And whenever he talked while he was on set, whenever he was actually in character, everyone stopped and was just like, I, I don't want to miss what's happening right here. Like, we're watching magic being made. It is the most incredible episode. A great series. Check it out on YouTube. Go to Superhero Diaries. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Watch all the episodes and tell me what you think. With all that being said, we have a Superman, kind of, as judged for tonight's episode, I think, in a way, it's very cool, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's actor and comedian extraordinaire. It's Matthew Harris. Matthew, welcome to Who Would Win. I'm so excited to be here. I, I will add to actor, comedian extraordinaire, fan of Who Would Win. Really? I am, I am, I am genuinely a fan of this show, and I could not be more honored to be here. Well, the honor is all ours. You know, as a comedian, by the way, I got to ask, what's the deal? How has everything been for you with COVID happening? Uh, well, you know, it's it's been a little weird. I have done a few shows, but I've done them Zoom-wise. I haven't got out there in front of a crowd. And Zoom shows, not great. They're exactly what you think <laughs> they would be. Uh, and I, and it's not even now. I'm not even talking into a microphone when I do them. So it just feels kind of like you're... Uh, you're, you're given a lecture or, or a class. <laughs> or a TED Talk. Yeah, a TED thing. Talk. Here, here. Come, come here about a, uh, a guy in his 40s. <laughs> so I got to ask this one, too. It's because when we talk to other comedians that are doing the Zoom shows, how do you deal with a heckler? Like, do you just, like, mute them? Do you take them off camera? Or do you, do you deal with them straight on? Well, I, I've been lucky enough uh, to not have a heckler that was straight on. What you really have to deal with is life that happens around people mm-hmm. or, and, uh, and this is just, maybe I'm looking into my shows. I've had more of the uh, older crowd. And when I say older, I'm, I mean AARP older. I mean, you know, this is, <laughs> this is what they got to do. And so many times throughout our, our show, I have heard food orders happening or uh, <laughs> old couples arguing and, and, Really, there's, there's no acceptable, polite way to shut down two 70-year-old people arguing over who's going to answer the door <laughs> for the Postmates guy. And do you tip them or no? Do you tip them? I don't know. No, do you wait? You tipped them already? Well, then, well, well you go get it because we're watching this show. Like that's, that's been the extent of my heckling. And really, you just roll with it. You just roll with it. 
I mean, I mean, that's a valid point. Like, you know, if someone brings – how much do you tip? I mean, I've been doing like the 10% tip for people who drop food off. I've been told that's way too high. What are your thoughts on that? I go 15. I, I go really? fi- 15, fi- 15 if you're driving around. You're a fan of the show, which, again, we very much yes. appreciate. Love the fact that you, you are that. How does that give you a different perspective coming now onto the show? And how would you deal with both myself and Ray, you know, as a fan? Well, the, there there is no dealing with Ray Stecanus. Ray Stecanus is really more of a of a force of nature. He happens, wow. and then you yeah. adapt around it. I, I think I think you seem like a general straight shooter, Gavsy. I'll, I'll tell you that, but uh, <laughs> but not not without your own devices. Uh, Ooh, you can't you can't take the, you can't take the nice guy facade. There's there's a beast under there. There's there's a beast under there that is waiting to strike, like a coiled cobra. So here's what, I, here's what I will say as to my judging style and what I'm going to bring to who would win, uh, especially being uh, a fan of the show and being a debate uh, and high school, uh, high school speech and debate uh, champion myself. Oh, wow. Uh, here's, here's what I'm going to look into. I will be definitely judging you on the arguments you make. Now, lucky enough, this is a crazy enough week where this, this fight is bananas. All right. Already, this is... Uh, on 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 the the view, you go look big monster bounty hunter versus you know a pony unicorn hybrid of some sort. We know where this is going to go, but it's because of that we know exactly we don't we don't exactly know. I'm going to judge you on the arguments that you make. I'm not going to do the work for you. If one of you miss a point or don't say something that I thought should have been brought up, I'm not going to bring it up uh, during your cross examinations. I'm going to go purely off of what you say, and I I seldom hear it called upon it's going to be really hard to do in today's battle if somebody brings up something that's off canon or brings up Ooh. something from a, from some sort of hybrid thing i'm going to be invoking some rules i'm going to be uh, either disqualifying uh that point or giving it significantly less weight wow okay interesting i've been waiting for a judge to actually jump in and say i'm vetoing that point or i'm disregarding that so you're going to be that person is what you're saying yeah, if it is, but I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I'm going to be on my toes for Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> I mean, and who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? All right, Ray, are you ready for the madness? Are you ready for the craziness that is today's episode? Are you ready to bring it? Because I sure am. Weirdly enough, I was born for this moment. <laughs> it's all led to this. So with all of that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the Hasbro universe, the princess who would loudly sing the praises of friendship, but she's just a little horse. Twilight Sparkle. There it is. And representing DC Comics, the bounty hunter who'll hit you hard, he'll hit you fast, and usually with a low bow or two. Lobo. Like to invoke one rule already, Judge. Of uh, I mean, I mean that was great, Ray. Well done, as yep. always. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one: each debater will make three points. Rule number two: the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three: the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of Twilight will you be using for today's battle? James, it's Twilight Sparkle. I don't like to. I don't like 
to hybrid the name or only use half of it. It is Twilight Sparkle from G4 Animated, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. There was an IDW comic book series around the same time, which is considered semi-canon in that it is canon unless things said in it are directly changed or done differently in the cartoon show. So there are some examples that I'll be pulling from the comic books that are considered canon, but I'm going to try to stick to the TV show as much as possible. All right, that's fair. Now, of course, there are many versions of Lobo, many uh, different, a couple of live action versions. Uh, in smaller shows, Krypton had a version. There's been a lot of different versions in animated series. But, you know, I got to be me. I'm going with the uh, current DC Comics version. A lot of history there, a lot of all over the place, but good stuff to pull upon. So uh, I don't have a choice. Again, someone as powerful as Twilight Sparkle, I got to go with the most powerful version of Lobo. Now, rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store. Get your official Hoodwin t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to hoodwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember, keep an eye out for new merch because it comes up all the time. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. In this life, it pays to zig when everyone else is zagging. Movement saw a stagnant marketplace for watches and accessories and changed it with their unbelievable prices on some pretty classy stuff. You know by now I love my Astro Blue watch. I wear it when I want to look good. When we do live Who Would Win shows again in 2023, I guarantee I will be wearing my Astro Blue watch. And you know what time of year it is. Get something classy for your loved ones and don't break your bank to do it. Be the good gifter with movement. 
during their seasonal sale. Get a special discount just in time for the holidays. Join the movement today at MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Join the movement. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Twilight Sparkle. Twilight Sparkle is the princess of Equestria, a magical land where ponies and pony-like creatures live together in a benevolent society. Twilight Sparkle is a unicorn turned alicorn who first appeared in G4 My Little Pony episode Friendship is Magic Part 1 in 2010 and was created by Lauren Faust. Following a journey with adventures high and low, Twilight Sparkle is the main protagonist of the Friendship is Magic iteration of My Little Pony. She uses high-level magic powers as the protege of Princess Celestia and displays over the series quite possibly the largest array of magical powers seen in fiction, and I repped Constantine not that long ago. Since undergoing the transformation from unicorn to alicorn, her power level has only grown exponentially higher. Fun fact, each character in My Little Pony, or MLP as the cool kids say, wear a symbol on their hip. While these symbols make it easy at a glance to determine who is who, they actually serve a purpose in this world. These cutie marks appear as the character develops a unique or interesting aspect of their personality. In the case of Twilight Sparkle, her cutie mark is a six-pointed star, which represents magic, and it's surrounded by five other stars, representing how her destiny is intertwined with her five friends. That is Twilight Sparkle. I loved how you read that, by the way. That was beautiful. It was like a poem. It was nice. Shakespearean, if you will. All right. Now, here are the details for the absolute uh, opposite, Lobo. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Lobo first appeared in Omega Man number three back in June of 1983 and was created by Roger Slipper and Keith Giffen. Unlike Twilight Sparkle, Lobo is officially the last of his kind, the Sarnians, who are a peaceful race with almost no violence and an advanced culture dedicated to science. That was until Lobo was born. When he was born, he bit off the fingers of the nurse delivering him and even caused people to go insane just by feeling his evil nature, much like Race to Canis. By the time he was five, he had killed the principal of his school and created a napalm bomb (laughs) to destroy much more of the population. By the time he was a senior in high school, he created a parasite powerful enough to cause his entire race to go extinct in a matter of days. Lovely. Lobo was so evil and insane that the prevailing theory was that he must have been possessed by a demon or more likely was the universe itself trying to balance out the goodness of Sarnia with something absolutely and extremely evil. He has been banned from both heaven and hell because he had fun being tortured in hell and caused riots and mass hysteria in heaven. Lobo isn't completely dishonorable, though. He never goes back on his word once he has made a deal. And really, he's not all that bad, as he loves space dolphins. Mm-hmm. So Lobo is actually defined as being super physically powerful while also tapping into a version of Toon Force. 
I have no idea how that works, but I'll definitely go into it in more details. And here's an interesting fact about Lobo. Did you know that Lobo is evidently Stan Lee's favorite character from DC Comics? It's true. Maybe kind of. See, here's the thing. Before passing away, Stan Lee stated in a number of interviews that Lobo really was his favorite DC character. But keep in mind that Lobo is kind of a direct ripoff of several Marvel characters. Originally, Lobo was created and influenced by the Punisher and specifically Wolverine, which is why you see Lobo smoking cigars all the time. However, when Deadpool was introduced in the 90s, Lobo was then reimagined into an almost insane character who had a super fast healing factor with homicidal tendencies. Surely knowing all of this, my personal theory is that Stanley liked Lobo because he was really a combination of three Marvel characters. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Matthew, do you have any questions before we get started? Yes, uh, just one. What exactly is an alicorn? Sure. I will get into this a little bit later into my points, Matthew. So okay. Just, uh, okay. just, just, just hang out and we'll get there. Just checking. Uh, other than that, no, well, he didn't I'm ready answer. for it. He, he refused to answer. Already, the disrespect. Uh, noted. Uh, noted. Absolutely noted. <laughs> All right, Ray, give us your point number one. Point number one for Twilight Sparkle. Let's talk about the basics of what makes her such a dynamic and powerful character. Because, yes, she has a lot of magical powers and abilities. I will be spending plenty of time talking about those. But before we get to there, I want to talk about what a genius she is. Look, Lobo isn't a dumb character per se, but he's not exactly a smart character either. Lobo is a big strong, tough guy who shows up places, punches everybody out, hits them with chains and hooks and what have you, and then goes on to his next fight party. That's Lobo. Twilight Sparkle, however, is is a genius. She loves to read. This is why she's so good at magic is because she never stopped reading about it, never stopped studying, never stopped working harder to get better at magic. So she's always seen in the library reading all the books. And in fact, using one of her powers, she can actually insert herself into a book. She can actually put herself in the books, which she has said helps me get the information faster. Instead of just reading it, I'm just going to put myself in there and experience it. That's why she knows so much. That's why she is absolutely so smart. How smart is she? What's an example? Well, there was a time she created an interdimensional portal. An interdimensional portal she created just using random parts that she found around the room. She just walks around this large room where all the other ponies are hanging out and she starts collecting all these parts with her telekinesis and then boom, voila, there is an interdimensional portal in the room with them. Normal people can't just do that, but she's such a high level genius. She figured it out and did it relatively quickly. Other basic power she has is she has the ability to fly. She has the ability to fly because she is a winged pony. There you go. Some might call those a Pegasus or later on an alicorn, which is a combination of unicorn and Pegasus and regular equestrian horse. And it merges all of the different kind of horse ideas together into one creature, super rare, super powerful called the alicorn. But we'll get into that even more a little bit later. She could fly. She could fly at supersonic speeds. In fact, every time she goes to fly, you can often hear a sonic boom going off in the background just because that's the level and that's the giddy up pardon the pun that you will find every single time that she gets out there and flies she's also been known to soak energy blasts from very powerful opponents in a battle against sunset shimmer in a battle against the big bad of, of one of the seasons lord trek she was able to uh, she's able to soak a lot of damage that she took these are blasts that were able to split the ground open around her and absolutely just devastate all the area she took it she was okay. 
Couple last things I want to talk about here. Size manipulation. She has the ability to magically alter her size depending on who she is fighting. So one point might be made that Lobo is a very, very big guy. And the My Little Ponies are not necessarily known for being quite so large. Well, when facing a character like Lobo, she does have the ability to scale herself up, which increases her physical strength, to face a larger character. She would do this whenever she has to face somebody who's much bigger than herself, like Lobo is. Now, mental projection. And the last thing I want to talk about with her smarts is she has the ability using magic to, uh, much like Doctor Strange did in the Infinity War and Endgame saga, she has the ability to play out the encounter forward. If she, you know, if she has a little bit of time, she could play out the encounter forward and figure out exactly what her moves will do to what outcomes. So she does have the power to figure out exactly how she can go about beating a character like Lobo before the battle even takes place, before the first blow is even struck. And if you have that sort of midnighter ability, you have a pretty good chance to win any battle you're in. And that's my point number one. All right, a few questions. First of all, you define her as a genius because, in your words, she likes to read. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty low genius bar. Is that Look, like a, is that a read, race to Canis? Is that a race to Canis level genius? She's reading a book. Yourself- James Gapsy, if you could put yourself in the books, thus experiencing all of the information in, and you never stop doing that, you one, it means you are a genius because you can do that and because you can absorb all that information, but two, you become even smarter by doing so. So here's the thing. Interesting. I w- I'll definitely give her that she's she's highly intelligent. The one pushback on that point is that you got to remember, Lobo's actually a super genius. He develops Allegedly. high-level technology. Oh, no, he does. You know, Depends remember when he was a kid. Him, James. Depends, just like who's writing Twilight Sparkle, geniuses. That's one who. writer. That's right. One well, then, then that person's a genius because it's a brilliant character. She is. Uh, with that being said, also, has tw- uh, Twilight Sparkle ever lost a fight? I don't need well, details, just a yes or no. Has she lost a fight? Define lose, James. Uh, where she did not vanquish her opponent. Then and there. This has happened in some encounters before, much like it has with Lobo. We, Absolutely. That's a, fair, that's a fair point. I'm just wondering if that's the case and you have this precog kind of ability to kind of see all these things. I'm just wondering why she's lost a fight if she has the ability. Right. Midnighter has also lost too, but it's just interesting how she's lost those fights. I don't know how it's possible coming. for these characters to ever lose, but writing I'm serious. happens. And I'm saying that because I actually am a fan of Twilight Sparkle. Mm-hmm. There, I said it. I don't like seeing her lose, except for today against Lobo. Let's see. And Interdimensional Portals. That's cool. Cool, mental projections. How? What is the biggest size she's ever grown to when she manipulates her size? Man, I haven't seen every single example, but she becomes appropriately sized for people she's facing. This is something that she has done before. Got it. So she grows to the size she needs based off the threat she's facing. Sure. Okay, got it. Got it. Sure. Okay, very cool. All right, lots of good stuff about Twilight Sparkle. Uh, great character. Let's get into Lobo a little bit. You know, the way I define Lobo from point number one, Lobo is actually one of the most powerful beings in the DC universe, and that's a comic book company that is known for overpowering its characters. That's where we're starting with Lobo. Uh, he's so powerful. This is my, one of my favorite things. Remember, he taps into this really weird toon force as well as regular physics within the DC universe. He got really upset with these rabbits living in the city that he picked up the whole city, crushed it down a city into his hands, kept crushing it until it was smaller than a ball that could fit in the palm of his hand, and then ate it. 
How that works, I don't know. Technically speaking, with according to physics, that was denser, much denser than a neutron star and weighed more than that, you know, what he had in his hand, and he crunched down a city and ate it. That's a pretty strong person. He beat Supergirl very easily in an arm wrestling match. Matthew, you may know this or not, but Supergirl is actually theorized by some people to be even more powerful than Superman. He's so strong that he somehow pulled this creature that was the size of the sun out of the sky, and it was theorized to weigh two octillion tons. That's 10 to the power of 27 zeros. That is crazy. But he's not also, he's not just strong, he's also really durable. Uh, he can withstand, you know, being inside the sun. Uh, the temperature of the sun doesn't bother him. He survives in space easily. He's been punched by Superman and even more powerful beings, tanked it, no problem. Uh, his tanked explosions that destroyed planets was fine. Easily destroyed these constructs made by Green Lantern, possibly the greatest Green Lantern of all time. And by the way, he's also super smart, Race to Canis. He has a super genius IQ. He speaks over 17,000 languages because why not? He's in space. He's got to talk to people. He's a master fighter. He can come up with battle plans and strategies instantly. He's also a master tactician. To talk about how smart he is, he once created a gun out of trash, and this trash gun was so powerful that it destroyed a planet with one shot, and he did that within like a panel, or actually a page, within one comic book. That's how smart he is. When facing against supernatural creatures, there's one called Dead Man, and Dead Man's that, you know, that person from DC Comics that goes in and possesses the person, very powerful supernatural being. Of course, what does uh, Lobo do? He creates a Ghostbusters type of uh, containment unit in the form of a gun to capture dead, uh, a dead Man. And Dead Man, while in that gun, he's like, what is happening? He had no idea how to get out. He's like, this has never happened to me. This should never be happening. I can travel between di- dimensions. Lobo actually created a containment device in the form of a gun to capture a Dead Man on the spot. By the way, Lobo is also super fast. How fast is he? He caught Superman by surprise while in space a number of times. He's so quick that during one Soprano-style beating he was giving Superman, had him in a headlock, started smashing him in the face, smashing Superman's face into the head into the wall. Uh, Superman thought to himself and admitted he couldn't keep up with Lobo speed-wise. Ray, we're talking Superman speed, someone who can do something called the uh, infinite mass punch. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that technique, Ray, but it's where you go really fast. Okay, I'll move on. Uh, And then there's the regeneration healing factor. He's got something that he can regenerate even better than Deadpool. This is kind of creepy. So one time he actually had his head blown off. What happened? His body kept moving and his head grew back while his body was moving and fighting at the same time. One time he was just a head. Let's go the opposite direction. Well, he grew his body back within seconds. One time he was a skeleton. A skeleton grew his body back very, very quickly. This person can regenerate faster. Oh, here's a fun one. It's called biofission. When Deadpool spills blood or has tissue of his body come off, that piece of blood, that speck of blood or that tissue grows into another Lobo right then and there. So all of a sudden he has an army of Lobos if he spills any blood. Pretty, pretty cool. And to make things even more fun, you got to think about this this way. Has Twilight ever faced someone who has the regeneration ability of Deadpool, the intelligence of a Tony Stark, the fury of Wolverine, and even more powerful than someone like Superman? Put all that together and add even more power to that. Has Twilight Sparkle ever faced something or someone as ferocious, angry, despotic, homicidal as Lobo in her own series? I doubt it. And that's my point number one. And I would add to that, James, she isn't facing someone with all those attributes today. You are you are stretching the boundaries 
uh, of credibility, quite frankly, with some of these claims that you're making that he's as smart as Tony Stark. Uh, that's a whole lot of nonsense. We've seen the man talk. And the man, while well, yes, the trash gun example is pretty fantastic, and it was wonderful, and I think I even used it myself when I previously repped Lobo, but he's still not the sharpest. You can fool Lobo. Let's keep it real at the end of the day. Maybe it's an emotional intelligence that he just doesn't have, but definitely he's not quite all there. You can get him distracted, and you can get him off. A couple of things that you said I want to talk about, the many Lobos, is very, very interesting, very, very exciting. Doesn't happen every single time he spills a drop of blood we've seen him bleed in comics and have that not happen and also that many lobos in a room what did the first lobo do he killed everybody on his planet to become the last of his kind what is going to happen when we get a whole pile of lobos together they're all eventually going to try to kill each other they're not going to work together in lockstep like some of these other characters he's creating more problems for himself if he creates more versions of lobos than anything else and the other thing lobo is a character whose power level has vastly changed from from year to year from issue to issue based on who's writing him based on whatever comic when it's doing his his role in that comic you know we've seen him get one-shotted by he-man i believe in a crossover example that showed he really wasn't that powerful there's moments in lobo's uh, career where he was barely stronger than a human and there's other moments when he's toe-to-toe with superman trading shots with no problem so you have to consider when you're considering lobo you know there are highs but there are a heck of a lot of lows as well Sure. Here's the thing. He started off super powerful, and then you know he's got a 30 year history. They kind of played with it a little bit, but for the last probably 15 years, he's been extremely, except for the new 52 version, he's been extremely consistent, Superman level power. What I'm pulling on is pretty much from the past 15 years or so. And, and absolutely, with the exception of the new 52, where he became a, like a complete joke again. So who who knows? Like you never know what you're going to get out of Lobo. So yes, these high points exist, but let's you know. Let's let's hold back assuming that he's like that all the time. Just just for the past fifteen years. Or you know, probably ten years I'd say. All right, with that being said with that being said, Matthew, you've heard point one from Ray, you've heard point one from me. Where is your head at right now with this battle? All right. So both of you have put forward really, really good arguments here. The 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 cross examination is where the juice is. But look looking at these at these characters and what I see right now, uh it is it's a really good point that that Lobo, if you look at it, the, the big span, it has been a, a little inconsistent in terms of his power level. However, I, I do like, I will say, the, the, the genius level and the mental projection and the precog abilities of, of Twilight. That's a big, big plus in my book. However, right now, point one, pound for pound, if they meet on a neutral ground field, it's it, at this point, we got two more points to go. At this point, uh, I'm leaning Lobo. Hmm. I would expect that. I would expect that right now. James brought out a lot of heavy guns early. Did he throw too much early on of too much power and allowed me too much room to come back as I sort of just sort of did a little jabbing in my punching? I don't know. We're going to find out when Twilight Sparkle is the winner. That's what I do. I, I kind of, you know, because that, that's a sound strategy is throw all your big guns in right away and hope that finishes the per- That's not what I do shame, ever. I know it's shame. a shame. I should learn. I should learn, right? All right. Someday. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Twilight Sparkle, let's talk about magic, because one thing that I've learned about the DC universe in doing this show is there's one big equalizer every single time you have a big, powerful, unbeatable character in DC. What beats that character all the time? Magic. What is Superman vulnerable to? Magic. What is Lobo had problems with in the past? 
magic. So I have a character today who perfectly matches up to take out a character like Lobo because she is so ridiculously strong with magic, the great equalizer. She's used it in a number of different ways. I said before, she has a whole host of powers. Let's talk about some of them. She has telekinesis. This is one that she uses all the time. She uses it. She doesn't ever seem to carry anything at any point. She just uses telekinesis to walk around and have it float around next to her. But this is very powerful telekinesis. She once used it to repair a dam where it had broken and all the water was starting to flood everywhere. She used her magic to pick up every single piece of rubble in the dam force the water back up into it again, and then completely fix the dam using telekinesis with all the broken parts and also kept the water on the other side so the entire area didn't get destroyed. The level of power you need to do that is very, very high. She also is very fond of energy blasts. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that energy blasts are going to take down Lobo. Lobo has tanked heat vision from Superman. Lobo can take energy blasts, but one thing they will do is they will distract him. They will get him off his game and they will, they will get in the way and they will give him something to think about. But her energy blasts are a little bit special. She has used them as a laser beam and literally sliced clouds and had parts of the cloud drop out of the sky. You want to talk about Toon Force, Twilight Sparkle dabbling in that world a little bit as well. She's also used her energy blast to encase people in crystal. To encase people in crystal and immobilize them, making them unable to move. So if she can hit Lobo with a dev- with a power like that, she could immobilize him for that type of a who would win victory. Also, she's used her telekinesis before, powerful as I said, to create a stasis field around somebody to again immobilize them and make them unable to move. That again is a victory in who would win. But defensively, she has a force field that she uses every single fight I've seen her in. She often tanks things through using this force field. I've seen her get shot all the way into a mountain. And she said, oh, by this Lord uh, Turek uh, character. And she goes, oof, I, got, I was able to take that shot. It wasn't so bad. I just got shot into the mountain and I'm, in, you know, I'm, I'm hit in the side of it. And then Lord Turek went and shoved her all the way through the mountain. And she was able to come back from that. So she has a very strong degree of durability as well. And a force field to help her out of that. Other things she can do, elemental magic. She can control fire, wind, water. She can control the elemental forces around her and can make it more difficult for Lobo to do the things he needs to do. She's also got good with phasing. She can phase herself much like the Vision or Martian Manhunter can do. So she can put herself intangible, which is a way that Lobo's going to have to not... Lobo's going to have to figure out a way to deal with somebody who's intangible. We haven't necessarily seen him do it a whole heck of a lot without needing some prep time beforehand. But she can also do it to other people and do it to other objects. She can make other things go intangible around her as well. Last couple things to mention, she can bring inanimate objects around her to life. So while bringing a whole bunch of Lobos onto the field is going to be a problem for Lobo, her ability to bring and create life with the come to life spell is going to create a small army of things that Lobo has to deal with, which he will be able to deal with, but again, buys her time and also uh, uh, gets in the way and allows her to do what she needs to do. And last one, she has what's called the don't notice me field which is sort of an invisibility spell, which enables her to do things like the mental projection and look to see the future that I mentioned in point number one. And if she needs a breather, because let's face it, Lobo's fierce, Lobo's tough, she, she, he has a more endurance than she does, but she does, she can fight all afternoon if she needs to, but Lobo is a higher endurance character. So if she needs a breather, I've been able to show where she can find it 
And that's my point number two. All right, you know, I, what I love about Twilight Sparkle, I can't believe we're actually doing this, Ray. And I'm it's actually crazy. smiling the whole time. What I love mm-hmm. about Twilight Sparkle is that, yeah, she, she's smart and she uses good strategies. Yes. Right? There, there's no doubt about that. So if she needs to withdraw in some way, shape, or form, she'll do it. She's smart enough to do it. I do think, again, someone like a Lobo, her best bet is to take him on and say, what in the heck is this? I'm withdrawing. And remember, if you withdraw for more than two minutes – you lose the fight technically in a who would win matchup. Just putting that out there. It's not a horrible way for her to kind of lose with some honor. All right, so a couple of questions. How strong is her telekinesis? And what I mean by that is, you know, is it stronger than a Green Lantern ring? It's really hard to say. These are two vastly different universes. We've seen a Green Lantern ring, you know, wrap around the planet so Superman could pull it. We haven't necessarily seen her have to do that, but she has done some pretty high-level stuff with the telekinesis, absolutely. Got it. Is is her telekinesis more powerful than two Green Lantern rings or three? It's hard to tell, James. Well, I would say no. The reason why I'm saying that is because uh, Lobo's had to fight against three uh, lanterns at once and actually came out on top. So that's, you know, as, as powerful as her telekinesis is, which it is, I don't think it's quite as strong as, you know, three, uh, the, the cumulative power of three green lantern rings. Also, same thing with, you know, being cased in crystal. That's not going to stop uh, Lobo. He's insanely powerful. He's got Superman class strength. Uh, Stasis Field, same thing. I do remember that episode. I saw a chunk of that where she got put through, you know, knocked into a mountain, almost Dragon Ball Z style, which was really crazy. cool. Right. Very and then she got put through it and really loved seeing her be that durable. It did affect her, though. It wasn't like, oh, I'm absolutely fine. I'm smiling now to surprise you of how fine I am. It did affect her a little bit. She did tank it. She did come back. It was really cool. But it did affect it. That's a lower durability than what Lobo has. And that's before the regeneration factor. Now, there is some fair things there. I would say that after that happened, though, she got real, real mad. She's not mm-hmm. really an angry character. So if you if you make her mad, she does come back pretty ferociously. We've seen that time and again. Got it. You know, the last thing I'm going to put in there, I love the intangibility uh, power she has. This is ridiculous. This is Lobo. And this happened in the past eight years. He actually, (laughs) I don't know how this works. He actually can punch a ghost. (sighs) He actually punched a ghost. It knocked out a ghost. I don't know how that works. A real live ghost. The ghost was looking at Lobo and saying, what are you going to do? I'm a ghost because all the other people around were running for his life, their lives. And the ghost said, yeah, I'm a ghost. I don't have to worry about what Lobo can do. And Lobo said, oh, really? And knocked out a ghost. So the intangibility thing, don't know if that's really going to work against Lobo. I know that's a weird point. I feel it's kind of cheap, but it's a thing that happened. Let me get to my point number two. And I'm going to talk about some more cool powers, abilities, and weapons that Lobo has. Because when you're like Lobo, do you need weapons? Not really, but why not, right? Okay, so right away, you know, there's a character named Karnak from the Inhumans. And Karnak has this ability to sense and locate the weak point of anything or anyone he's facing. Lobo also has that. He can face someone and identify exactly where their physical weakness is or where it's not, where to go and attack, and what to do with that. He's done that a number of times, especially against someone like Superman. If you can find a weakness or the part that's not as strong as every other part and take that part out, in this case, it's Superman's face, that's a pretty good thing that will work on Twilight Sparkle. So with that being said, if Lobo has that ability to see the weakness of any creature, what do you think he's going to do when he sees Twilight Sparkle and that horn? So when that horn is grabbed, or I hate saying this, if Lobo rips the horn off of her or just breaks it or starts punching Jeez. it, I know, but that's Lobo. Oh, Unfortunately, is Lobo. that is Lobo. That's what he's going to do very, very quickly. See that weakness, 
Go for it. I feel bad for Twilight Sparkle. I'm going to keep going, by the way. He's a master marksman. His aim is beyond superhuman because of how he sees things, his intelligence, the way he kind of you know can aim. It's crazy. By the way, he can't be mind-controlled because, as Lobo actually stated, his mind is too ornery. That's a thing, I guess. But in other words, it can't be uh, uh, controlled whatsoever. So let's talk about his weapons. He's got these small, they look like a pool ball, like a black eight ball, and they're like bombs and grenades. And he tosses, he's got a bunch on him at all times. I don't know where he keeps them, but evidently he's got them somewhere. He throws them out. They destroy cities. Literally, he'll just go over a city, toss them over. They destroy the whole city, like big cities. One can do that, never mind a whole bunch. Uh, He has a gun that can destroy a planet with one shot that never seems to run out of ammo. He has his chain and hook. That's his signature. And this chain and hook, it's disgusting. It's gross. You know, what he can do with it. Ray, you mentioned this before when he was fighting the Flash. He's calculating how the Flash is moving at super speed. He's going to des- he designates where he's going to be, whips out that chain and hook, and impales the flash through the head. Caught the flash moving at super speed as the flash was trying to do his attack to him. His chain and hook have held Superman at bay. Let's see, they pierce the skin of super powerful being Superman as well, and they can hold pretty much anyone captive. It is crazy. Remember that being the size of the sun I mentioned before? Yeah, he uses hook and chain to pull that in. Don't know how that works. That's that weird tune force thing. He's got his flying motorcycle. Now, some people might say, well, why is he going to have a vehicle? Remember, Ray, you brilliantly brought up with Serpentor his flying platform. The sky chariot. The sky chariot. That, that sounds better than flying platform. That is part of the character. Lobo is also enmeshed with his flying motorcycle, what he calls his space hog. Kind of horrible. And this thing can move at light speed, travel from dimension to dimension, no problem, has planet-destroying weapons on it, super durable, strong enough to resist the gravitational pull of a black hole, and can be summoned by either Lobo whistling or by a thought, almost telepathically by Lobo, and it only responds to Lobo totally. It also, because why not, has a fully functional, it's a fully functional time machine, uh, evidenced by the fact that Lobo went back in time with it and dropped some grenades and explosives to destroy and uh, you know make extinct the dinosaurs. He made the dinosaurs extinct, right? That's what Lobo did. That's not the best weapon he has. He's got something saved up for when he needs it. So there's different types of lanterns. I keep going back to this. Your green lantern, your blue lantern, your purple lantern. There's also the red lanterns. And the head of the red lanterns is this creature called Atrocitus. So Atrocitus actually hired Lobo for a job. More on this later. Lobo completed the job, and as payment, he got a red power ring that he keeps on him at all times and in his mind says I'm ready to use this whenever I need to I look at that red power ring the same way Superman uses one of his least frequent powers his cold breath super cold breath it's there whenever he needs it he rarely relies on it but it's there when he needs it that red power ring which he knows how to use that's there all the time. You got to remember, Lobo's a person who broke apart the Green Lantern's constructs by out by using more willpower than the Green Lantern who was trying to create the construct to travel. He just used willpower and weakened everything and walked through it. Put all of that together, and that is my point number two. Look, there's a heck of a lot of interesting and good things you've been able to say there. I would like to believe if he tries to find the weakness in Twilight Sparkle, what he's going to find is a magical creature so powerful he's not going to want to deal with it. Now, in the example with Serpentor and the chariot that you talk about, wonderful episode of Who Would Win. Everybody should go back and check it out. (laughs) But the reason why the chariot is there with Serpentor is because the action figure example, he only got sold with the chariot, which means that, yes, he always had it with him in the cartoon show, but also with the toy only came with the chariot 
The Lobo figures I've seen in store, James, often do not come with the motorcycle. I will have to leave it up to our judge because he doesn't always have it when we see him, and the action figure doesn't always come with it. So one of the main collectibles has Lobo and the – I hate saying this – his space motorcycle. That's his term. Uh, He has his space motorcycle. You can buy Lobo separately, but you can also very frequently buy Lobo with his space motorcycle. And uh, again, I really do believe – because that was actually a great ploy on your part, bringing that space chariot or the sky chariot with Serpentor, saying that's part of his character. You can't have Lobo without that motorcycle, space motorcycle, in the same way you can't have Serpentor Serpentor without that uh, sky chariot. So with all that being said – I disagree completely, but let's let our judge decide. That's fair. All right. Matthew, we're at the turning point. This is where you tell us, after two points each, who do you think is ahead in this battle, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? All right. Well, a lot of good arguments. First of all, I think I'm going to take the term space motorcycle and name a band after it, because that's uh, that's ringing in my head right now. I like it. Space motorcycle. Look for our album dropping soon. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm seeing. I, wow. This is this has been a fire hose of information, uh, but it, but it's good. Uh, here's here's what I'm uh, the the turning point right now is that to to put it almost in football terms, I'm seeing Twilight Sparkle as maybe the first round drafted rookie. She's got all this potential. She's got all these things, but it, it it does largely seem untested. You know, there's there there's all these magic capabilities there. There's all this she she can do sort of these things, but we haven't seen just the extent of how far. It can go, and and Lobo really, you know, Gafsy's come out here with some really strong examples of things uh, that can be used. I'm especially thinking of resisting the magic of three lantern rings at once and punching a ghost. Now, I I I am gonna I am gonna look at. The, I don't. I'm gonna assume that this was part of a, of a canon. That this wasn't taken from some one off, or this wasn't taken from some crossover. This was at. Uh, that that Lobo punched a ghost, which is which is highly uh, which is highly devastating to phasing. Which is generally generally in any fight, the one who can phase really has the upper hand, you know, hands down. So I, I will say this right now: as much as I really want this first round draft rookie to come out and show in in her big fight debut, the advantage at the turning point is going to Lobo. What I need to see mm-hmm. from Twilight Sparkle in order to turn this around is I need to see what is it. Lobo can't die. <laughs> Lobo can't die. He's incredibly durable. He's incredibly, he's incredibly powerful. So other than escape to save her life, which I believe she could do, but not going to be good for the battle, what is her big knockout punch or what is her incapacitation ability? What can she do to get a lock on Lobo to, to, to at least incapacitate him in some sort of way? I'm looking to see that potential realized. And, and if I'm going to put my cards on the table, I want to see it. Who doesn't? I want to see it. Come on, Ray. I want to see it more. I guarantee it. You know, here's the thing. Thankfully, I've got a few got a few things. I, I knew you did. You know, Matthew, we've had episodes very recently where almost word for word, someone, a judge said, James, you're ahead. You know, this is almost a mismatch and what have you. And then Ray has just pulled out the miracle, you know, the, the Hail Mary, if you will, speaking of football idioms. I will tell you this. The last time someone used just call me by Gavzi as opposed to James, it was when I was playing football. So when you're using all these football analogies, I'm getting all tingly. 
all Tim. I, 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 you know, I'm feeling good right now. This is good. All right. So with that being said, Ray, this is where you usually shine. Go ahead and hit us with your point number three. I'll say right now, I'm exactly where I thought I'd be, and I'm not concerned even a little bit. Let's talk about point number three for Princess Twilight Sparkle, because first thing, she's become an alicorn. She's ascended to a higher form. This is the version, this is just like a Super Saiyan kind of a thing. Her power level stayed here, where she's able to repair an entire dam and then fix it, and she's able to use all these various magical abilities. Maybe I've been sandbagging a little bit, a little bit on the most powerful ones, but now her power level has spiked. Now she has gone to a whole other level as an alicorn, which thankfully she just became at the end of the last season, so I can pull from it. Now, she has a power of teleportation. She uses the telekinesis as her number one. I would say right now her teleportation is number two. She uses it effortlessly. Even when she's exhausted and tired in the middle of a battle, she can blink and teleport to just about anywhere she wants to go, without really having to worry about it at all. I've seen her like heavy breathing when she was in that fight against Lord Turek, and she was like, I'm not sure what to do, and her friends were being dumb over here in the corner, and she just blinked, teleports over there, and is like, <laughs> y'all, what are you doing over here? I'm trying to win this fight. And then she blinked back to the fight again with no like loss of stamina whatsoever. But the teleportation cannot just be used on her, it can be used on other people as well. So how does Lobo going to deal with getting teleported to the other side of the universe, to the other side of the galaxy? She's going to be able to kick him off the battlefield with teleportation for a good two minutes, and he is not going to be able to come back in a previous who would win battle. How did He-Man defeat Lobo? By creating a big old portal and being able to get him to go inside of it. And that's exactly how he won. That's exactly how Twilight Sparkle can defeat Lobo here. Let's just put that on the table. Additionally, she has a lot of mental manipulation spells. Now, Lobo cannot be, like, mind-controlled or anything like that. But she has a spell that hasn't been shown to be defended against called the Want It, Need It spell. Cool. That means that she can basically put an object in front of somebody and then make it so that that object becomes the most important thing to them in the universe. Want it? I need it. So what could Twilight Sparkle do except use that spell on Lobo for any object that she finds in the battlefield? Because Lobo, as James said, is a man of principle. He sees something and he's very direct focused about getting it done. If she casts Want It, Need It on Lobo and she teleports an object away, Lobo's going to leave the battlefield himself and go get that object. Additionally, she has the power to turn people to stone, and she combines the stone power with a sleep ability as well. This is some Final Fantasy stuff right here. Yes, Lobo is very, very strong. If you try to put him in a stasis field, he gets very angry and he breaks himself out of it, but he can't do that if he's been knocked to sleep. Sleeping characters can't get out of being turned into stone. It's a double whammy that she's one, two haymaker punching with him that he's going to be at least out for two minutes. You got to say, I have to believe Lobo is a heavy sleeper. She also has the ability to steal magic. I don't think Lobo's doing a whole heck of a lot with magic, but that weird power ring that James said... I don't know. If he pulls that out and it's magical, like I believe James said the Green Lantern rings are magical, and I'm going to go with it for the purposes of this argument, even if I don't necessarily agree. She could shut down magic for any period of time that she needs to. So she's got that on lockdown if he pulls out the ring. But the last thing, and the way I see her defeating Lobo once and for all, is she has the power of transmutation. 
And she's used this on all of her friends, on very powerful characters around her. There's one point, I believe, where she turned like half of her class into either apples or oranges just because she could. And she has the ability and and a whim to turn things into other things. One thing I know about Lobo is that he needs to, one drop of blood can bring him back very, very quickly. One drop of Lobo's organic matter can be regenerated right away. But if Twilight Sparkle uses transmutation to turn Lobo into something non-organic, a folding chair, for example, and then she zaps the folding chair with one of her energy beams and blows it out, there will not be any organic matter left on the table for Lobo to regenerate from. This is the way. This is the way. That I see her absolutely defeating Lobo, even though I've given you three other great examples before it. And this is the way Twilight Sparkle lines up perfectly to be the magic user that gives DC comic characters problems. Final victory. And that's my point number three. You know, it's funny. First of all, the the He-Man versus Lobo battle, what was interesting is that you – and it was kind of interesting. Your strategy was to lean heavily on Lobo's physicality and just more physical stuff than than other things as well. The space motorcycle has been known to get Lobo out of wormholes, you know, to go across. It moves at light speed. She puts her – and now has she done this before where she's put someone at the other end of the galaxy? We something? haven't seen it necessarily go that far, but she has teleported other characters before. I'd like to believe that, especially because she's an alicorn now, more powerful, and you make her mad by beating her up a little bit in a battle, she comes with fury. I absolutely believe that she'd find a way to get Lobo off two minutes away for the purposes of a who would win battle. Ah, so it's something she hasn't done before to, to she's what we She's done need. it, just not to that extent where it's the other side of the galaxy, James, but, uh, you know, let's throw it. She's that uh, first-round quarterback with all the potential. Let's let her go out there and wing it a little bit. That's true. First-round quarterback is great when they prove themselves in, like, season number two, three, four, what have you. But with that being said, let's Nine see. Nine seasons of friendship is magic, James. She's had a lot of adventures. And, I, and she's only designated as a first-round draft pick now. That's interesting. Okay, so He-Man was strong enough to push Lobo through because He-Man's also an extremely powerful person. Twilight, doesn't have, Twilight Sparkle doesn't have that physicality. She's super strong, but not at that level to push him into a wormhole or what have you. And even if that did happen, he's got his space more cycle to get him out of that he's done that before let's see uh magical stuff i've got something really good for that the whole thing i problem i have with your plan it sounds like i used to be a you know a software developer and you're talking about these multiple variables variables if this happens then if that happens then if this could arrive then possibly this may occur that is highly unlikely whenever you have an if and then a then it becomes less and less likely. That's the problem I have, unfortunately, with Twilight Sparkle's strategy. So let me get into my point number three, and all of this is going to be, unfortunately, very, very clear. So let's talk about some of Lobo's big wins and some of his bigger feats. So he's got some massive feats over uh, some of DC Comics' most powerful beings. He beat the Flash, again, calculated where he was going to be, threw his hook and his uh, chain, impaled him in the head. Quite possibly something he could do. I hate saying this to Twilight Sparkle. What a horrible cartoon that would be, by the way. He's fought and beaten Superman a number of times. In fact, again, I already referenced this. You know, Superman and Lobo were fighting, and Superman, Lobo caught him, was schoolboying him, punching him, smashing his head into the wall. And Superman says, I just can't even deal with Lobo's speed and power. I'm about to black out. And he did. He's beaten the Martian Manhunter. Again, someone who can phase through objects, you know, and is as powerful as Superman with a whole bunch more powers. He knocked out Shazam, and then just for the heck of it, knocked him out, and then grabbed him, put him on the back, you know, with the chain of his space motorcycle, and took him around the planet as a victory lap. Because why not? That's Lobo. But what about pure magic-based characters 
you know, people who can project magic, use magic, and what have you. So he fought a bloodlusted Zatanna. Now, Zatanna is one of the extreme heavy hitters of magic within the DC universe. So Lobo took all of her spells and magical attacks, laughed them off, and then beat her. That wasn't Zatanna who was trying to be safe with Lobo. No, that was someone who was bloodlusted and wanted to kill him. Nothing worked with her magic. She's one of the most powerful magic users within the DC uh, universe. That was enough. Lobo then kind of stepped up his game, fought and beat the combined forces. I, I can't believe this. Dr. Fate, then Satana, this character named the Ragman, the Enchantress, another character named Sargon, the Sorcerer, all super heavyweights in magic in the DC universe. Uh, he fought them all. Keep in mind that at the very least, Satana by herself and Dr. Fate could beat the most powerful form of Twilight Sparkle, especially with magic. Yeah, I said it. When he went to heaven, he started literally killing gods from every different pantheon you can think of, as in gods, with the ability to transmute and do whatever. Nothing was working. When he went to hell, he started killing demons and characters from there and caused it was such a threat to both heaven and hell that he was banned from both, making him literally immortal. That's why he can't die. Death has been told, the character of death within DC Comics has been told to never collect Lobo's soul, don't let him go into the afterlife, he just can't do it. So he can't die because he's got nowhere to go. This is really horrible. There's these two characters called God and Dave. God is spelled G-A-W-D, and Dave is, well, D-A-V-E. And to put this perspective, God and Dave were shown creating planets, doing high and really high-level reality warping, where they weren't just transmuting something into a non-organic object, they were taking nothing and creating planets and changing the history and doing all this stuff. Lobo tanked all of their attacks against reality warping. None of it worked against Lobo. He was fine. What did he do with these two all-powerful beings? Smash their heads together, rip their skulls and bodies out of their bodies, and just kind of destroyed them. That's Lobo. But most impressive of all, he has a win over what who would win things. We all said it. One of the most powerful characters of all time, Santa Claus. So the Easter Bunny. Now, some people say this isn't canon, and I'm going to explain this. The Easter Bunny put a hit out on Santa Claus because he was jealous that Christmas was a bigger holiday than Easter. So he hired Lobo you know, and said, here's a bounty on Santa, Santa Claus. He went to Santa, took out Santa, beat him up. It was a hard fight, but actually got the win on Santa. Then I think he killed the Easter Bunny as well. You think that's not canon, but within the DC Comics world, there's a group called The Authority, and they actually, one of the people within The Authority, saw that comic book and said, hey, we got to go take on Lobo, found Lobo, and then started fighting Lobo as payback for him killing Santa. It's ridiculous. See, here's the great thing about Lobo. He can tank magical attacks. Reality warping stuff is not going to work on him. He transcends all of that because, again, he's not a legit comic book character in the normal sense he mixes again this tune force which lets him do like crazy stuff and on top of that he's one of the most physically powerful beings in all of dc comics the way this fight is going to go twilight sparkle who has a big weakness of getting really flustered and then not knowing what to do and just losing her game plan that's happened quite a bit is going to keep trying stuff against lobo she'll evade the attacks and finally lobo will get her hands get his hands on her start kind of hurting her real bad and she will get the heck out of dodge she'll survive the fight Maybe even come back another day for a game plan. But the first encounter, she is getting, unfortunately, wrecked by Lobo. She's never faced anything like him ever. That's my point number three. No, Lobo is a crazy character. I mean, obviously, I've repped him before. I know a lot of the things that he can do. The Santa Claus and Easter Bunny example, some might say, I don't know, James, maybe that's not canon. Maybe that's, we even consider it crossover, you know, lower, you know, grain of salt type of territory with a character like Lobo. And that's a problem with a character like Lobo. He's done some absolutely ridiculous over-the-top things, like you said. And how much of it is 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 canon, how much of it isn't, I like to say, unless it involves Superman, it probably shouldn't be considered canon. 
But that being said, he's fought against Superman pretty well as well. That doesn't necessarily work in my favor, but I think you got to look at some of these as a little bit outliers for a character like Lobo, much in the same way, you know, Lobo a little while ago, you know, was losing arm wrestling contests to just very strong humans. So you just don't know exactly which version of Lobo you're going to get. And I think that's very, very important. I think when these two characters meet on the battlefield and some good examples with the Dr. Fate and Zatanna, somehow they didn't figure it out, which I don't understand how characters like that couldn't figure it out in a battle. But Twilight Sparkle, with the ability to teleport all over the place, and we're talking about just like zone to zone. Like, she doesn't have to be anywhere near Lobo. As long as she comes back within two minutes, she's going to be okay to continue the fight. So I could absolutely see a situation where Twilight Sparkle uses her, her Midnighter power of being able to figure out the future just like Doctor Strange did in the Infinity War and Endgame movies. And the whole thing is, Lobo might win a whole lot of times. Lobo might have a lot of different paths to overpower Twilight Sparkle and find victory. But Twilight Sparkle only needs to figure out one way to get it done. And I've given you four separate ways in my point number three, including the transmutation into a non-organic object, which I think is, which is a killer, which is a death blow that I haven't seen anybody try to do to Lobo before. And I think Twilight Sparkle's smart enough to go into a book and figure it out, quite honestly. She's been able to hit other magic users and other powerful pony characters with the transmute spell. I think it'll work on Lobo as well. She just needs to figure out that one, one way to get it done, and she will get it done. So this is a redemption match. What I'm going to do, I'm actually going to take something off the table. I said I will take off the Santa Claus victory because we don't know okay. how that does play in. But everything else, you know, Ray, you said it. The su- Does it exist within the Superman universe? Like the Superman version of the DC universe, whatever? Yes. But I will take the Santa Claus off because uh, that's questionable. So to it's your sketch. point. It's, it's sketch. a little sketch. It is. I just, I just, that, was, that was my introduction to Lobo, by the way. And that's oh, I know geez. of all the ways of all oh, the way boy. I know and my introduction Maybe the best way probably Maybe and, the best and way. my introduction to Twilight Sparkle was with like my little girl when she was really young and I'm holding her watching Twilight you know diametrically opposed ways <laughs> I feel like a monster right now is what I'm saying basically right? the same story if you really break it it down. is it is it's a fateful <laughs> tale all right now Matthew you've heard three points from Ray you've heard three points from Ray this is where you've got to come in and do your magic take us through your process step by step. Lay it out for us and tell us who wins this fight between Twilight Sparkle and Lobo. All right. You, 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 both of you have really painted me into a corner here. Uh, but we got to get serious about this. We got we to take some gloves off and, and really dig our hands deep up to the elbows. I'm glad you took out the Santa Claus point because I was gunning for it. And I feel like you felt me gunning for it, James. So, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'll believe you that it was canon, but it, it, I, I was prepared to give it significantly less weight if not mm. take it out altogether but let's let's look at what we got let's look at what we got ray comes out in point number three and he didn't just stick the one two that was like a one two three four that was a that that was is mayweather uh worthy combos that were that were dropping right there i i believe the battlefield removal through teleportation is absolutely possible i i like the uh the whole the counter to the to the red ring to the red uh, rage lantern ring, the transmutation idea I think is uh, it's it's a it's a great spin. I didn't see that one coming. That would that would that would really really make it a possibility. My favorite is the one it needed spell, uh, which would uh, I would like to see Lobo essentially turn into Gollum 
and chase a precious all around, <laughs> you know, whatever she was able to animate at the time and make him want it, need it. Uh, also combined with the things like the, uh, you know, don't notice me field, uh, which is a power I would like to have many times uh, in my life. But now, I'm, uh, now, but now let's, let's, let's look at what, it's what's happening with the points that, that Gavsey brought here. And being a fan of the show, I also happen to know that at Gavsey, you, you're, you're a combat guy. You, you, you have a lot of combat training. And so it, it is very apropos that you look at who have they fought and how did they do, right? Let's, let's take it to the, to the, to the brass tack. And, and here's where it, le- here's where it leads me. There are a good significant number of ways for Twilight Sparkle to take it to Lobo. Believably so. Believably so. There were some more points that I wanted to hear from Lobo. I wanted to hear how Lobo would deal with uh, certain things uh, like the, like uh, being teleported. Like, uh, I heard the space motorcycle. There was a couple of if-thens that didn't quite curl all the way over for me. However, however, here's, here's what, I'm, what I'm driving at. I'll let you know this before I give my decision. This came down to the wire. Wow. All right, this is this is going to the it. cards. This isn't a this isn't a knockout battle. This is this is literally going to the judges scorecards and uh, and it's a split decision. Based off of even even as powerful as as as, as Twilight Sparkle is in her new alicorn found sort of ways from what I have heard in today's arguments I don't I am not convinced that she has the battle savvy to come up with those solutions in the in the spur of the moment. I do believe and I think it was Ray that made this point uh, uh, and and James also sort of stamped on it that she could teleport away, she could gather her thoughts, she could say, "Okay, wait a minute, this guy is this that or whatever. I'm coming back and I'm ready for you and Lobo's not going to be ready for." It. Lobo will not be ready for it. He's used to fighting Superman. He's used to fighting Flash. He's used to fighting superpower level. He's going to take one look at this thing and think, hmm, lunch. And then he's going, to, he's, he's going to have a whole other thing coming to him. Uh, however, I will say for the rules of who would win, chance encounter, neutral battlefield, to the cards, split decision, and it goes to Lobo. Thank oh, God. And I mean God, on. G-A-W-D. This is incredible. Oh. Matthew Harris, you are a national treasure, by the way. I can't wait to see your Netflix special. I'm sure you're getting that contract soon. I, you I, are- I don't feel good about it. I will tell you this. Though. I do not feel good about that. I, I actually have a six-year-old, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and this is – it, this is it, I, I will say, to your credit, congratulations, J- uh, James, and, and, and Ray, to your condolences, uh, this feels dirty. Much like Ray, it feels dirty. Here's the thing. I don't feel good about this either. When this matchup was brought up and Ray, you know, I don't know if you remember this, Twilight Sparkle needs an opponent. I'm like, okay, how about, you know, redemption matches Lobo? And he said, great matchup. I'll take Twilight Sparkle. I was like, wait, what? And the entire Who Would Win production team says, genius. Let's have Ray, who is not that guy, represent Twilight Sparkle. I had like that sinking feeling in my stomach. Like, you know, I know what I have to do. Like, I got to take, you know, who into the back and kind of do, you know what I mean? It's just, this is not a good feeling for me, but I had to be true to who would win and I had to bring it for Lobo. By the way, this was Lobo's redemption match. I had to get him a win. It was about time. Ray, with all that being said, you did another fantastic job. Well done. Tell the audience how you're feeling right now. 
I feel like I did enough to win this match. The fact that our esteemed judge, Matthew Harris, friend of the show, said it was a split decision means that I think I accomplished most of the things I needed to accomplish. Lobo is a heck of a character to go up against, quite honestly, and I had a lot of concerns. Now, I did feel like I presented more cases for Twilight Sparkle than you presented for Lobo, who was basically like, I don't know, he's just going to hit her or something. I don't feel like you really gave us a lot to work with, and I wish that Matthew Harris had the ability to sort through that, and I feel like you did a process, Matt. And I can appreciate that back in high school, you were a debate champion, but this ain't high school anymore, and you dropped the ball today, and you let down every brony in the universe. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. Uh, Matthew, is it a split decision, or is it now unanimous for Lobo? What's going on? No, no, you know what? No, I will, I will, I, I will stand on it. It's, it's still a split decision, but let me, let me, let me tell you this, Ray. All right, and and this goes out to all the bronies of the of of the world here, who, you know what? I'm I, I'm ready. You can at me on this one. All right, I, I I will I will take your comments, and I'm sure we will have what is is very common on the internet, uh, civil discourse. But I I will say this, Ray. What I was waiting for, what I was hoping for, and what I what I really was hoping to see was the application of the power of friendship. I mean, the whole thing is the magic of friendship. You know, I did. That's what I was waiting to see earlier on in the battle. You, you, but the problem is it. in a who would win battle. Friendship is important. Just like in the last episode, family is important, but you can't bring your friends on the battlefield to fight with you, which is a problem. Of course, when dealing with a character whose friendship is one of their major powers, you're right. You know what? I can't believe uh, what I'm hearing. Ray is sticking to the rules. He's respecting the process and the rules I'm of the only win. one in the room who respects the rules. <laughs> what are we talking about right now? How dare you? Seven minute Gapsy. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Listen, when you when you have to deal with a race to Canis, who's going to give you a, a point number three and then a point number four, four in the form of a rebuttal to my point number three, you got to pull out all the stops. That's the key here. I got to tell you, this was this was actually a really fun battle. And the amount of times, you know, my search engine, my search history is who has Lobo beaten Twilight Sparkle's biggest powers. Biggest defeats of Twilight Sparkle. Sparkle, how 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 tough is Twilight Sparkle? Like, I, I can only imagine what Google is the algorithm is going through right now, trying to figure out what in the hell three grown men are doing researching these two people at the same time. Oh, James, get ready for some real weird sponsored advertisements oh to show up in your feed because they're coming. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, I, I'm so afraid <laughs> to open up YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram right now. It's Just crazy. Don't. All right, Matthew uh, Harris, you, you were fantastic. I loved how you were really ready to call us both out on the rules and what have you please come back to the show with all that being said tell the who would win fans where they can find you you can find me on twitter and tiktok hello you can find me on twitter and tiktok at it's matt harris and you can find me on instagram at it's matt harris graham wow usually uh, having content up there or if you just go to my website it's matt there is always updates shows that are coming out and if you don't live in the Los Angeles area or you don't live in the California area, I'm still doing a couple of Zoom shows, so you will be able to see me. No one order food. No one talk about it. Focus on Matthew Harris. You'll be sorry if you don't. All right, very cool. Uh, race to Canis. Another great matchup. You brought it. I was waiting for you to you know, possibly bring up the power of friendship, and I was ready to say, hey, this is a one-on-one thing. You didn't. You stuck with the rules. I believe this show's growth. 
I believe you're evolving as a human being. I believe you're, you're, you're finding a new happy place within yourself. Tell the fans, like, you know, what's going on in your head with all of this growth happening. I believe you're full of malarkey, James Gavsian. I know exactly what you're doing right now, and I'm not going to play your little games. Your little game. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go on all of Matt Harris's stand-up shows now, and I'm going to order all the Postmates. How about that? I'm going to have something delivered roughly every 90 seconds while you're doing your show. I hope it was worth it, Matt Harris, to do this to me, to do this to all of the awkward allies out there. What a tragedy. What an absolute Shakespearean tragedy has befallen us today. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Hashtag four paths to victory. Hashtag Ray is right. You can find me at Almighty Ray, and we're gonna we're gonna need to pour one out for all our brony friends and Twilight Sparkle in particular today. Because a great tragedy seriously has befallen us all. Darkness. Darkness <laughs> is covering Equestria at this right. moment. Uh, I have I have invoked don't notice me field so uh. there you go uh, <laughs> you know Ray I uh, I gotta admit something I actually have a uh, Twilight Sparkle uh, sticker that is now permanently on one of my workout shirts long story short my son's like two years old I go to pick him up at his preschool his one of his friends loves My Little Pony put, gives me a sticker puts it on my shirt because she thinks I'm really cool or whatever I go to the gym everyone's pointing at the sticker next day everyone has a My Little Pony sticker on I'm a brony sorry I, that's who I am, and I feel really horrible about the this. The truth had to come that's, out I know, eventually. I know. That's I don't how feel, it works. This is how it works. This, but I had to be true to the battle. And uh, you know what? Lobo loves space dolphins. I bet you he would love uh, having a, a Twilight Sparkle in his collection. That sounds horrible. You can how find me. Dare you? you can find me on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook. But type in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, wherever else you go for your podcast and video content. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, the national treasure known as Matthew Harris. And the rest, there you go. And the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team. Thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.